0: If you'd like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. Through Autism Personal Coach and our coaching services, often we have people we coach who are looking for therapists beyond our coaching. Uh, They'll ask our coaches for a recommendation. And often we don't have a recommendation because so, so many therapists aren't educated about the experiences and needs of the autistic community. That's why when we have found autistic and neurodivergent therapists, not always, but in many cases, our clients have better outcomes in the therapy process. That's why I'm happy today to talk with Amelia Slama about her experience as a neurodivergent therapist and her development of a directory for these therapists in the United States and beyond to support autistic people in getting their therapy needs met. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. Amelia, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: I wanted to start off like I do with many uh, episodes of autism stories and learn where does your story in the autistic community begin?
1: Yeah, so I have a little bit of a complicated introduction to the community. Of, um, I would say it started long before I had the words to really know that I was in the community. Um, I grew up with like a lot of sensory issues, um, specifically like with noise. Um, had some like repetitive behaviors that I was doing, but never really knew the answers for what those were. And then kind of how my real introduction happened was I got COVID last year, actually, and I have some chronic health issues. So when that happened, all those issues got worse. I had to see a lot of specialists and one of those specialists kind of recognized that I was presenting with symptoms of autism and ended up referring me for an evaluation. The first evaluation I had, the person did not diagnose me with ASD. They actually diagnosed me with ADHD first. And then I saw another person who specialized in diagnosing adult women. And within like 20 minutes of the assessment, she's like, okay, I think you may have autism. So that was when I really had the words to understand, like, this is actually what I'm experiencing and have been experiencing for all these years. And obviously after that, I started doing a lot of research, understanding this motivation with work and how it relates to all these other areas of my life and kind of started getting involved in the community, like online and meeting other people.
0: You received your bachelor's degree in psychology and master's in clinical uh, mental health counseling. What was it uh, about psychology and mental health that led you to study these subjects?
1: Probably being autistic. <laughs> um, so I think that originally what motivated me was just a lot of my own experiences growing up. I didn't really have like a supportive environment as far as therapy, where I felt like I could talk to somebody about how I was feeling. So I started doing a lot of research on my own. I got really into Buddhism and mindfulness and trying to understand ways that I could deal with my own feelings. And then that obviously spiraled into education, going down that route, um, and led me to where I am now.
0: What areas of mindfulness have been helpful to you?
1: So I would say overall, just like studying the practice of Buddhism and understanding like what that looks like for mindfulness, being present and understanding what I'm actually feeling in the moment. I think that's something that's hard for a lot of us who are neurodiverse, that sometimes we can't always recognize what our feeling is in the moment. And so that really like opened up my eyes to realize that if I could identify that, then I knew I could do something about it.
0: Now, last year you founded Telesana Therapy, which provides safe and inclusive teletherapy services for folks who live in Ohio. I know for me as founder of an organization, I I saw a gigantic problem, um, Well, I've seen it for many years now, with the lack of quality of support to to autistic adults um, being able to access um, services and and I wanted to be part of changing that. So I'm wondering for you, um, what are your thoughts on the current challenges of therapy that benefit autistic and neurodivergent folks?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot. So to start, I think there's a huge misunderstanding in the mental health community about what autism actually is especially for certain populations, women, minority populations, people that maybe aren't being identified. And so I think for some reason, we're very far behind in that understanding. And for me, even I noticed when I was in grad school and undergrad, the information we were presented about autism was very minimal, like this very stereotypical view of, a little boy that's lining up trains and there wasn't really more beyond that. And I, I've learned now in my own experiences that I had to do a lot of that research on my own to come to those understandings that that's not something that's a part of our education as counselors. And I think that's a huge part of the issue is that we need to be educating people in the field about what autism actually looks like for a wide variety of people and what that spectrum actually can present as so that we can recognize it in our clients and help them when that comes up. But I also think there's a lot of other issues when it comes to like access to therapy, therapy being something that's comfortable for people to actually do and feel safe doing it. And I could probably go on. There's a lot of things that I feel like we need to improve in that area.
0: T- talking about therapy being safe and maybe inclusive for people. Um, that's certainly not the case the majority of times. Uh, how does Telesana um, you know, make therapy safe, inclusive, and helpful to folks?
1: I try to do it on like a number of different levels. So I think the first way that I go about that is making my website and like the way people will find me accessible and that they can see in that content on my website and pages that I have that I'm a safe person for these communities, so specifically neurodiverse, neurodivergent people, but also people in the LGBTQ community, a few other areas as well that are really important to me, and so I try to like explicitly write that in certain areas so that other people will see that, and it's kind of like a cue, okay, this is a safe person But also, I think another way that I try to go about that is once I actually meet people that could be a client or people that are already clients, I work with them so that we create an environment that feels safe. So it's not like just traditional talk therapy where you go in and you sit down. We talk about what are the different methods that we can do therapy. Is it better over the phone? Is it better over chat, video? kind of giving them different options about what would be comfortable for them. And then also in the actual therapy process, they're a huge part of that. So what is it they want to work on, not what I think they should work on, because I think that's important that it's what they want.
0: Options, I think, are so critical.
1: Yeah. There's a big lack of that, I think. Like, at least in my experience in in the mental health world and field, phone therapy chat therapy is kind of like looked down on even video before the pandemic and i see that kind of changing which i think is a good thing but there's still a little bit of stigma that that's not good enough for some reason
0: i was just uh talking with a doctor in the last week um who wanted that very much respected and then you know he was talking about how you know like kind of devaluing the idea of teletherapy, which we had, a I definitely had a strong disagreement about. (laughs) So, you know, in in reading about Telesana, um, you know, one of the core values is that your therapy sessions go beyond just um, these individual sessions. um, And they also can include advocacy, justice, and community support. Um, That definitely kind of piqued my interest. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, I feel like that kind of goes along with what we're talking about so far, just like giving people options, but also making therapy actually inclusive. So in my experience, there are tons of barriers that make it hard for people to get into therapy and find someone that they feel comfortable with. And part of that, I think, is advocating for those needs in the community and also like addressing some of the barriers that come up in the community. So, what I'm trying to do with Telesana is break that down a little bit, like offer other ways that are going to be more inclusive, but also paying attention to what's happening around me, like in the Cleveland area. Um, but also in other areas across the country and seeing ways that I can contribute my time to make things better across the board for people. But specifically for my clients in this area, I try to offer to help with some of these barriers. So like if there's something that's making it harder for them to access education, resources in the community, therapy, doctors, I'm going to try to help them figure out ways we can problem solve that instead of just sticking to like the traditional therapy role. Because I think that that can be an added benefit to what we're doing.
0: Now, something that I've been thinking uh, quite a bit about lately is adults not being able to get an assessment when they believe they're autistic, whether it's not finding a qualifying Qualified assessor or just the overall cost of the assessment. Are there any advice that you can give to adults um, during this process?
1: Yeah, um, I thought a lot about this when you sent me that question just trying to figure out like what's the best advice to give because I do think this is one of the other barriers in the system right now and Specifically here in the U.S. because I've seen in other countries that there seems to be some improvement of this, like at least access to getting an appointment at an affordable rate. One of the recommendations I would make is doing a lot of searching online for providers that are putting themselves out there as someone who's educated in autism. Um, There are a few directories that I can send to you if you wanted to post them in the link where there are medical providers listing themselves as someone who can conduct an autism assessment and knows these different pieces that we're talking about. So that's one thing that i found that seems to be useful is just searching those people out. And a lot of them are doing virtual assessments now. So as long as you're in the same state as them, you'll have access to them. And then another thing that I would recommend as well is finding a therapist or someone in the community who also is aware of these things, and they usually have some kind of connection with other providers that are conducting assessments. So in the state of Ohio, for example, social workers and counselors can't do an autism assessment, um, but in other states they can. In Ohio, it's only psychologists, doctors, and psychiatrists. So it's important to know someone who can kind of get you to those other people if you can't find them in an online directory.
0: Now, our listeners of... Autism stories are in many different states and countries. However, we do have a good amount of listeners here in Ohio because I'm in the Cleveland area. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, for our listeners in Cleveland and in Ohio, how can they learn more about Telesana or, or book and book an appointment with you?
1: Yeah. So we have a website. It's telesanaohio.com and that's T-E-L-E-S-A-N-A ohio.com that's probably the easiest way to check out what we're doing Um, on the website I have my contact information so all different ways that you can get a hold of me phone email text whatever is more convenient and I would say that's probably the easiest route to go but I am on social media and LinkedIn under the same name Telesana Ohio Mm.
0: Now, for our listeners that aren't in Ohio, uh, there is still a good reason to be connected with you, because I recently saw that you are beginning a search for neurodivergent therapists in all uh, 50 states as well as other countries. Um, Yes. why, uh, why, Why the beginning of this search?
1: so there's a funny story with this. Um, I'm sure, I think a lot of people in the community know, but there's obviously a lot of forums, um, where we can all talk to each other about autism and neurodiversity. And I was in one specifically for people assigned female at birth and kind of talking about the challenges that a lot of women face. And I think I posted a question about like being out about my diagnosis professionally. Cause at the time I wasn't and trying to figure out if that was something that I wanted to do and how clients might perceive that. And some of the people that I was talking to recommended like, yes, that would be great. Like you definitely need to do this, be out about it. We need more, more people that are, and someone recommended to me that if I made a directory that would make this more accessible for other people, all across the country. And I know there's some in other countries as well that they're creating. So that got the ball rolling and then we ended up actually making it. And I didn't think it would take off right away, um, but I've gotten tons of messages and we already have a few therapists that are listed and more that we're talking to. So it's been pretty cool to see that there's more of us out there, autistic therapists and other people in the community that are doing mental
0: health work. It, it is cool. I've seen the, those posts on uh, on social media and uh, very cool to see. And I look forward certainly in the future to more and more of those profiles of uh, happening. So where yes, hopefully <laughs> it's going to happen. There are more out there and they will be reaching out. Um, where, where are you in the process of do you feel like at this point of getting autistic and neurodivergent therapists to reach out to you uh, in the creation of NDTherapist.com?
1: Yeah, so I would say we're still obviously really early in this. I think it's been like two months since we launched the website and I started reaching out to people um, right now we have two people besides me. So me in Ohio, we have someone in California and someone in Colorado. And then I have a handful of other people that I'm emailing with that we're kind of talking about what they want their listing to say and details like that. So we probably have about five different states right now in the next couple of weeks that will be up there live. And then I do know, um, there was somebody on linkedin actually who shared about this on tiktok and i started getting more people messaging me after that so it seems like it's kind of starting to pick up and on instagram i'm getting a lot of messages as well so trying to like sift through that while working and updating it as we go
0: right lots of work there yeah (laughs) so i say at the introduction of Autism stories every week that autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience. So, in regards to that, what do you see as the importance of autistic people being therapists for autistic clients?
1: I think it's huge. And I don't think I realized how important it was maybe until like the last six months. But I think the more people that I've talked to in the community, it's kind of like any other community. We have, we have our individual differences, but we have a lot of shared experiences. And I think that even my personal experience with neurotypical people, whether it's intentional or not, you know, they may not even realize that they're misunderstanding certain things about our experience, but it does seem like we can understand each other better. And I know there is that uh, theory of the double, double empathy problem that people outside of a community may not understand that community's experience. And so I think it's really important that you have someone who can actually understand what you're going through and won't be shaming or judgmental about that. And I know for me, that's been extremely important in me growing and understanding my diagnosis and accepting that about myself and so that's kind of part of my passion and wanting to be able to give that to other people and allow them to have a safe space
0: absolutely we need a lot more of that well amelia thanks so much Um, really enjoyed um the conversation and learning more about what you do, and you know, it's, it's rare I get to talk to someone in my own city here yeah. on autism stories. <laughs>
1: That's pretty cool.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much to Amelia for the conversation. To learn more about Amelia, Telesana, and the Neurodivergent Therapist Directory, check out the link in the podcast description of this episode. If you would like to learn beyond this podcast, how Autism Personal Coach can coach you to reduce your daily overwhelm and get the things you want and need in your life, then book a Zoom call with me today. A link to book that call can be found in the podcast description of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend about it so they could listen to the podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. On next week's episode of Autism Stories, Haley Moss and AJ Link will return to talk about Haley's new book, Great Minds Think Differently. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.